0: This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Northwestern Community College. Join them for two weeks digging up dinosaur bones from the Jurassic period in northwest Colorado this summer. For details, go to cncc.edu slash Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... Hello and welcome to I Know Dino. I'm Garrett. And I'm Sabrina. And in today's episode, we have Dinosaur of the Day Omdenosaurus, and we have a bunch of dinosaur news. But first, we want to give a big thank you to all of our Stegosaurus patrons, really all of our patrons in general. But specifically, we'd like to thank Chris, Nicholas, Kyle and Betsy, Blaze Campbell, Trent Garbahal, and Paraloralophus. Great Great name. Yeah, <laughs> she's new. Thanks for joining Paraloralophus. I think that's probably the best way to say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, and as Garrett mentioned, big thanks to everybody. As you may remember, we're ramping up for SVP and we've got some special rewards. So if you join our growing community on Patreon between now and SVP in a couple weeks, you can get in on those extra rewards. So check out our page at patreon.com slash I Know Dino.
0: Or go to the link in the show notes. Yes. Jumping right into the news, we have a new dinosaur from China. This one was published in Nature's Scientific Reports by Jun Chang Liu and others. It's an oviraptorid that was found near the Ganjiao Railway Station, and it's named Corythoraptor jacobzai. The Corythoraptor refers to the cassowary-like crest which is six inches or 15 centimeters tall on the top of its head. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. And Jacob's Eye honors Professor Louis L. Jacobs, who mentored three of the authors. Nice. The fossil is remarkably complete. Basically, it's just missing the tail and part of the crest, as well as a couple other little pieces, but it's got the legs and ribs and tons of vertebrae and the skull and all that good stuff. One cool feature is that its neck is twice as long as its back, and by back I'm referring specifically to the part that has vertebrae in it, not the pelvis part. Mm. But that's still a pretty massive neck.
1: Does that make it swan-like?
0: A little bit, yeah. It's got that S-shaped curved neck. It looks a lot like a cassowary, really, though.
1: Do they have long necks?
0: Yeah, they got pretty long necks because mm. they kind of peck. You know, they got that ostrichy kind of look to them. They're oh, related. That's true. The researchers believe that it had a keratin sheath over its cassowary-like crest. Of course. (laughs) And it would have been about two millimeters thick. They put forth a few hypotheses for why it would have had this crest. One possibility is that it was for thermoregulation. It has large inner cavities in it, which could be for blood flow, and then you use it kind of like a radiator. It could have also helped with hearing, so maybe the cavities in the crest connected to its ear, and then it would have helped it pick up lower sounds. It's also possible that it used it to resonate or amplify frequencies that it made for communication. And then the final hypothesis they put forward was a sociosexual display, which basically means having a structure on its head like antlers or a lot of animals do. To
1: attract mates.
0: Yeah. And they said that one was a little bit less likely because both the males and the females have similar crests, and usually in birds, when one of them has like a big sexual display organ, it's just on the males, so seems slightly less likely. It could also be a combination. So if it's a display structure to show that they're healthy, it could also be used for thermoregulation or something at the same time.
1: I like the ideas of the better hearing or resonating frequencies
0: yeah one place i saw that mentioned this kind of combined those and i was thinking i don't know if you could use it for both at the same time because you'd like deafen yourself (laughs) if you're amplifying it's you know kind of like if your vocal cords were connected directly to your eardrum that would just be awful
1: True. But I was thinking, because that's a different kind of explanation than what we normally hear, which is thermal regulation and mating display kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I hadn't heard of the better hearing one before. The resonating reminded me of like Parasaurolophus Mm -hmm. and some of those similar ones. They estimated that the specimen they found was about eight years old and it was growing pretty slowly like most animals are by the time they're eight, but it wasn't quite fully grown yet. It was still 1.6 meters or five feet tall, though, so it was probably getting near the end of its growth. You know, kind of like a young adult sort of size. And remember that dinosaurs often keep growing until they're in their teens or twenties, or sometimes even later. The fossil is from the Campanian to Maastrichtian, which basically means it's late Cretaceous. I'm not sure if it's on display, but it's housed in the. Jinzhao Paleontological Museum in Jinzhou, Liaoning Province in China. I couldn't find the address anywhere online though, so I'm not sure if it really has much of a public facing side to the museum. There's other museums sort of nearby, so maybe this one doesn't have much of a display going. But if anybody knows where this museum is, let me know and I can add it to our dinosaur map. Next up we have another dinosaur name, that's sort of new-ish in a way. <laughs> so it's called Ostrosaurus mechillipi, and it was named in 1933, so not really that new. But it has been called a dubium in the past because it has some similarities to other sauropods, and Ostrosaurus has very few remains until now. <laughs> so until just a couple years ago, it was only known from a few partial vertebrae and vertebrae are not the greatest way to identify a species. Plus, I say partial vertebrae, they were in pretty bad shape. When you look at pictures of them, they're all missing pretty large pieces. And the main thing that helps you identify a vertebra is the projections that stick out of it. So if those are all broken off and you just kind of have the centrum left, it's like, okay, that's a bone. (laughs) It's a big bone from this period, so it's probably a dinosaur, but you really can't get a lot of useful information out of it. Luckily, it was found in Clutha Station in north-central Queensland, Australia, back in 1932. And then in 1933, they put up a sign held up by two acacia posts at the site of the find to commemorate it, as well as to direct people to the Brisbane Museum, where the fossils were held. Good call. Yeah, and they have pictures of it, so they knew that there was this sign there at the time, and people in the area kind of knew about the sign having had been there. There was recently attempt to find the posts from the ground, but they failed to find them. They drove around and didn't see where they were. There was a kind of poor map that came along with it, as you might expect in 1933. There's no GPS coordinates, so it's hard to find the exact spots in the middle of the desert. But Porapot, the lead author. By the way, it was written by Stephen F. Porapot and others, and published in Alcheringa, which is kind of a cool word. It comes from an Australian word for like dreaming time, apparently. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dreaming of dinosaurs.
0: Yep. <laughs> so Porapot got in a helicopter to try to find the site because he figured if you couldn't see the posts from the ground, that probably meant that the post got knocked over. And everybody figured that since it's in the middle of the desert and acacia trees are pretty hardy, the posts would still be there. So they flew around and he saw them. So they landed and he managed to find the exact spot where the dinosaur was discovered. And he matched the mudstone from the fossil's internal structure to the mudstone in the spot. So he knew he had the right place. So of course, he did some digging and they found six ribs and some additional vertebrae fragments. And they re-estimated the size of the animal at about 15 meters long and describe it as barrel chested, which I guess is pretty accurate for just about any sauropod. And he said, quote, think of an elephant's body and size and shape, but with a small head, long neck, and long tail, which I think is a really good way to describe a sauropod in general.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Small ears.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is true. And no trunk. People often think of dinosaurs is like super huge but even though it's 15 meters long which is like 50 feet long a lot of that's in the neck and the tail the actual like beef of the body is similar beef. to an elephant <laughs> sure why not <laughs> i don't know i don't know what elephant meat is called meat it's gotta have a good a better name than just meat
1: it's probably better than beef
0: <laughs> yeah, i like beef <laughs> so porapot thinks that With these new bones, it's diagnostic enough to consider Ostrosaurus its own genus definitively. That's good because I think Ostrosaurus is a pretty cool name. It technically means southern lizard, but obviously they picked Austro because of Australia. And it's from Australia.
1: Plus, there's not that many dinosaurs from Australia that we know of yet.
0: Yeah. I think I like Australovenator a little bit better, though. That's a really cool name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one.
0: If you're interested in seeing the new fossilized bones, the ribs, basically, they're on display at the Kronosaurus corner, and corner is spelled with a K, and I just added it to the Dinosaur Museum map. I didn't realize that they had any dinosaur fossils because it's considered a marine reptile museum, thus the Kronosaurus, which is a marine reptile. But I guess they have at least a couple dinosaur fossils now.
1: Whatever happened to that sign, do you know?
0: They said there was no trace of the original actual sign. It was just the posts. So maybe the sign was painted on something a little bit less durable than the posts. Or maybe they were, it was just too thin or something. There's a cool picture of it, though. Mm-hmm. Next up, the University of Saskatchewan Space Design Team found some dinosaur fossils. What? Yeah, it's kind of a weird group do to do? find. What they do? I'm looking at dinosaur fossils. Yeah doesn't make a lot of sense, but it makes sense when you think about how you test things that you're going to put in space potentially. So specifically, they were looking for a Mars-like landscape to test their rover prototype in. So they went to the Midland Provincial Park in Alberta, Canada, and while scouting for their ideal rover spot, they found some quote-unquote weird rocks And they guessed that they might be fossils. Good guess. Yeah. (laughs) So they called in the Royal Tyrell Museum and they verified that they were fossils along with a couple other people. And they think that it's a hadrosaur femur and part of a jaw, but they don't know what species it is yet because they haven't actually excavated it out of the ground. Hadrosaur is usually a good guess anyway, just because they're everywhere. So
1: many. (laughs) Were they one of the cows of the Cretaceous or? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool because we know a lot of people who are interested in dinosaurs are also interested in space and then this is a cool way that the two came together.
0: Yeah. They said in the article that none of the engineering students were thinking about switching to paleontology afterwards though. Well, <laughs> it's a whole nother
1: thing <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better word.
0: They're probably pretty deep into their college career at this point. So uh, it kind deep of into sense. space. Yeah.
1: I feel like you have to have a different mindset to study that.
0: It is a life science versus like a more mathematical kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And theoretical in certain areas, right?
0: Yeah. Although I'm an engineer and I really like dinosaurs, so.
1: Well, they obviously like dinosaurs enough.
0: (laughs) To recognize a fossil. That's true.
1: Speaking of students, there's a 10-year-old boy who has successfully corrected the Natural History Museum in London. So his name is Charlie. Charlie. (laughs) <laughs> good one. And he saw that a protoceratops was incorrectly labeled as an oviraptor. And his parents didn't think the museum made a mistake, but Charlie thought that the label was wrong. So they told the staff. Uh, I guess he was on some overnight kind of thing. And it turns out Charlie was right. And the museum sent him a letter thanking him for the correction. So maybe Charlie will be a future paleontologist.
0: It sounds likely. He would have a really good story like when we asked paleontologists... When did you know you wanted to be a paleontologist? When
1: I corrected the Natural History (laughs) Museum. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He probably knew before that, though.
1: Probably. Otherwise, he wouldn't have known that it was incorrect.
0: Exactly. From the pictures, it looked like he was correcting a toy, but it sounds like it was actually a display in the museum. Pretty surprising error.
1: It's nice that even though his parents didn't initially believe him, they still helped him tell the staff.
0: (laughs) That's true, yeah. Yeah, I feel like most parents of a 10-year-old, if the 10-year-old said, that label's wrong, they'd be like, we're in a museum. (laughs) The label, I trust the label more than you. But it's cool that his parents checked.
1: Mm -hmm. Next, there's a new interactive show called Dinosaur World that's going to be at the New Theater in Oxford, UK on August 24th through 26th. So if you are near Oxford, you should check it out. There's going to be five showings. Visitors can see T-Rex, Triceratops, Giraffatitan, and Cynosaurus. The show's for kids ages three and up, and it lasts about 50 minutes, and then there's a 15-minute meet and greet after. So could be a fun little weekend trip.
0: Yeah, or a day trip, depending on how far away you are.
1: True. Next, John Mina, a podiatrist who was on a dinosaur dig with Two Medicine Dinosaur Center in Bynum, Montana, found a Dyspletosaurus bone. I hope someday, Garrett, we're on a dinosaur dig and we actually find something.
0: You found some eggshells. That's oh, well, it's no bone. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the egg paleontologist that.
1: What I mean, though, is I want to find like a really big bone.
0: Oh, okay. Well, they had us walk right by one and see if anybody noticed it.
1: I know, I know. You saw it, nobody else. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> anyway. Back to John, who first found the bone last October. Now he's back and buying him to find more. And the bone's a tibia, though it's not yet clear which species of Displetosaurus it belongs to. They're going to need more bones, like pieces of the skull to know for sure. But still a cool find.
0: Definitely. It gives you some cool bragging rights.
1: Yeah, I want bragging rights, that's all. <laughs> is that too much to ask? It is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: With only having gone out into the field once. <laughs> true. <laughs>
1: That's true.
0: Next, the 15th annual meeting of the European Association of Vertebrate Paleontologists just finished, and it was in Munich, Germany this year, and abstracts are available online. We'll have a link to all of them if you're interested in digging through what was discussed. There were quite a few dinosaur abstracts including sauropod tails and sauropod feet, as well as a few different trackways in Europe. But sadly, conference abstracts never seem to have any pictures. So unless you're there, it's not really the greatest place to get information out of. But it can sometimes point you towards other articles because often the authors of these papers have other related papers that you can look up once you know who the lead author is.
1: Next, thanks to Chris who shared this one with us via Facebook, The Poke shared images of people who have been recreating dinosaurs going extinct with Bernard Matthews' turkey dinosaurs, which I... Had no idea that was the name of the brand, but they're basically pieces of turkey covered in breadcrumbs and (laughs) shaped like dinosaurs. Uh, They've got T-Rex, Stegosaurus, and Triceratops. From what I could tell on these pictures, I don't know if they have other shapes.
0: So they're kind of like really big chicken nuggets? Yes, but
1: made out of turkey. (laughs) (laughs) So... Your dinner won't be entirely accurate if you only have T-Rex, Stegosaurus, and Triceratops to work with, but (laughs) it looks like fun. So some of the images that were shared show the dinosaurs among broccoli trees with mashed potatoes raining down on them. There's others that have beans raining down on them, and the dinosaurs are standing on the beans, which look kind of like lava with the sauce that goes with the beans. And there's also one of the dinosaurs climbing a mashed potato volcano, and it's erupting with ketchup. It looks pretty delicious. When I was looking at this the first time, I was really hungry for dinner, so.
0: (laughs) Why do the dinosaurs have to be in, like, mortal danger in every one of their Because what's the
1: fun in that? (laughs) What else are you going to do with your food?
0: I think I would just have them, like, attacking each other.
1: Oh, yeah, you could do that. But when you've got mashed potatoes and beans in the mix.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. What else can you do? Quicksand? Yeah. I suppose that's also mortal danger.
1: (laughs) See? It's your (laughs) go-to. (laughs)
0: you can make a predator trap like the cleveland lloyd quarry
1: oh there we go
0: even though none of those dinosaurs were there but none of those dinosaurs were really well some of those dinosaurs weren't around at the same time anyway so we're kind of throwing that out the window
1: yeah well it's really just stegosaurus that's out of place yeah but that one's got to be fun to eat take pieces of the plates
0: i think that's why it gets thrown in Mm -hmm. i think a sauropod would be kind of fun too maybe be kind of hard to cook though
1: Uh, I think these come in a frozen bag and you just heat it up in 20 minutes or something. Oh, okay. Maybe we should buy a bag and test it out. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Anyway, next, there's another Lego idea that's out of a T-Rex skull design. It's in the works. So the skull would be about a thousand Lego pieces. And remember, this is on the Lego um, Ideas website or something where somebody comes up, with a design and pictures and an explanation, and then people can vote on it. And if it gets enough votes, Lego might actually make it. So this one, if you created the whole T-Rex skull, it would be about 22 inches or 55 centimeters long and 13 inches or 33 centimeters wide. So far there's only 250 supporters, but there's more than 400 days left to vote. So it's gonna need 10,000 votes to get to the next round, but it looks pretty awesome.
0: It does look pretty cool. The one thing that's kind of weird about it is they use some kind of tan pieces that were really large Mm -hmm. for the outside of the skull, I think, to make it look smoother. It must have come out of some kind of spaceship or something (laughs) Lego set because it looks like, you know, it could be some kind of piece of tan painted metal. But it makes like weird kind of projections. It doesn't really line up with the edge of its jaw quite right. So there's a lot of like weird projections sticking in a little bit. But
1: if you think about it. Anything you make out of Legos, it's not going to be smooth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I prefer the ones that are just like a whole bunch of little Legos that kind of look like a pixelated version of the full thing Mm -hmm. rather than smoothed out.
1: Takes a lot longer to build, and this one's already got a thousand pieces.
0: That's true. Yeah, it would take a lot more than a thousand pieces to do the type I'm thinking of.
1: Moving on to dinosaur clothing. Moms have apparently been really excited about this 16-pound, that's... Monetary value, UK.
0: You can get it for 20 bucks, too, in the US.
1: Oh, okay. Well, good to know. It's (laughs) on eBay, and it has sequin dinosaurs. So it became popular, I guess, when somebody posted it on the Facebook group, Can I Breastfeed in It? And many women said that the shirt was flattering, and their kids loved the sparkly dinosaurs. So they got eight animals in the shirt, at least on the front. There's two pterosaurs, two triceratops, two stegosaurus, and two what look like ornithomimids, but it's hard to tell for sure. And maybe they were going for T-Rex, but they made them look like herbivores. I don't know. (laughs) It does look like a comfortable shirt, though, and it's made out of denim.
0: Yeah, there were quite a few because somebody asked where they could get it. So I I went on eBay and found like four or five of the exact same shirt with slightly different prices, all from China. So... (laughs) You can go to eBay and find them pretty easily if you search for, like, denim. Dinosaur shirt? Yeah. Uh, I think I put in sequin, too. Oh, yeah. And then that was the only result was that exact style.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of shirts, one Reddit user posted an image of the shirt that their son picked out for back to school. And thanks to Sonia who shared this one with us. So it shows a cartoon T-Rex with the word solid under it. And then next to that image is an image of a T-Rex that is melting with asteroids coming towards it and an erupting volcano behind it. And under that image is the word liquid. And then next to that is a gas station pump with the word gas under it. So it kind of shows you, I guess, this progression. Anyway, it's it's funny, but technically dinosaur fossils aren't used for gas, right, Garrett? So you're shaking your head there.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> but still, this, this kid wanted that to be his back to school shirt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's
1: making a statement.
0: <laughs> it is pretty funny. I get the joke, Yeah. even though it's, it's not true. It's okay. You can go from July 6th to July 20th, or from July 22nd to August
1: 5th. Head over to cncc.edu slash DinoDig. You'll get all of the details. Just make sure that you register online by May 31st. And again, that is cncc.edu slash DinoDig, D I N O D I G. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? And now on to the dinosaur of the day, Omdenosaurus, which was a request from the dubstep addict via YouTube. So, thanks.
0: Mop, womp, womp, womp.
1: <laughs> no, because dubstep. <laughs> yeah, got it. I thought you were talking about the dinosaur name. I was like, what does that have to do with? <laughs> anyway, that name means Omden lizard. Nothing to do with dubstep. But. <laughs> <laughs> it was an herbivore that lived in the early Jurassic in what is now Germany, and it was named and described in 1978 by Rupert Wild, a German paleontologist who visited the Erwelt Museumhof at Holzmadden in the 1970s and saw that a fossil labeled as a plesiosaur was actually a dinosaur bone. So much like Charlie, who noticed in the Natural History Museum. <laughs> yep. Except he didn't have to convince his parents first, I'm sure. <laughs> the type species is Omdenosaurus... Leosicus, and that name refers to Omden, which is the town near the quarry where Omdenosaurus fossils were found, and the species name refers to Leos, which is an old name for early Jurassic. I had no idea before that. Only a few fragmentary leg bones have been found. Some think that Omdenosaurus may not be a valid genus because so few remains have been found.
0: Yeah.
1: It happens a lot.
0: I'm one of those people. <laughs>
1: Anyway, it may be a vulcanodontid, which are basal sauropods, but volcanodontidae has historically been a wastebasket taxon for basal sauropods. And there's not even enough omdenosaurus bones that have been found to determine if it is for sure vulcanodontidae, or if it's a genus. But anyway, the holotype includes partial limb bones, the tibia, astragalus, calcaneus. The tibia is only 405 millimeters long, which is small for a sauropod. In total, it was maybe about 13 feet or 4 meters long. The bones that have been found had signs of weathering, so it probably died on land and then the bones were washed into the sea.
0: Yep, and then worn down enough that we can't tell what it is. Just or to maybe be it's an
1: <laughs> omdenosaurus.
0: Could be. <laughs> Could also be some other thing that's already named. Well.
1: <laughs> anyway, maybe it'll have a comeback in a few years like
0: ostrosaurus. Could be, yeah. <laughs> but naming it. Back then, seems a little premature, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Lumper. (laughs) I'm just a a (laughs) (laughs) not-jump-the-gunner. Our fun fact of the day is that, really, I think we could get a sauropod to paint the side of our house as itself if sauropods are still around. Yes. So, basically... (laughs)
1: Or are you just trying to get convince me to paint a dinosaur on the side of our house. That is
0: exactly what I'm trying to do. But there are some facts that are related to it. So first of all, we talked about Gregory S. Paul's paper about rearing sauropods. And earlier I was talking about how sauropods are basically like elephants with long necks and tails. And then I was thinking, I wonder if sauropods could paint because we all know elephants elephants can paint. (laughs) If you haven't seen videos of elephants doing self-portraits, you should definitely look it up.
1: I think they also paint flowers.
0: Oh, yeah. They, like, hold the paintbrush with their trunk and they can paint. How would a
1: sauropod hold a paintbrush? So
0: it holds it in its mouth. Mm-hmm you know, kind of like an elephant trunk. Mm, okay. I'm not sure how close they can focus to their eyes because it would be kind of weird to try to paint holding a paintbrush in your mouth, mm-hmm. like as a human. But
1: Also, the the sauropods with the teeth that were meant for stripping leaves and that just strip your paintbrush.
0: You could, like, it doesn't have to be a traditional paintbrush, yeah, you know.
1: It's a sauropod brush.
0: Yeah, but it's like we could make specialized paintbrushes that are like you know, shaped kind of like a retainer or a mouth guard or something Mm. with a paintbrush sticking out of the end of it. But anyway, I want to get into these details. So (laughs) I realize that mammals are probably, uh, you know, mammals have different brains than birds and elephants are mammals. So maybe they're a little more cut out for something like this. But we do know that birds know how to use tools. At least some birds do. So our pods are kind of dumb, but, you know, maybe they could figure out tools and Jonathan Kingdon says that a rearing elephant can reach 7 meters or 23 feet with its trunk. Mm. So really, we could probably just have a rearing elephant paint the I'm side say, of our house. I think house. a sauropod
1: would be too big for the side of our house. So,
0: yeah, maybe. So in Paul's paper, he shows that he thinks a giraffe titan could get its mouth up about 16 meters or 52 feet off of the ground.
1: That's way too high.
0: That is very high. That would be enough to paint a five-story building. And it could paint like an exact, you know, silhouette of itself, which would just be awesome to do like a life-size painting of a sauropod by a sauropod. But what I'm thinking with our house is there isn't a ton of room by the side of our house. So I don't even know if there's room for an elephant in there, but a sauropod could like crane its neck around from the driveway Mm. and then do a miniature painting
1: of a sauropod.
0: I'm just saying it could happen.
1: It's quite the skill set that sauropod has.
0: It would be awesome.
1: Hmm. All right. (laughs) If there somehow happens to be a sauropod and you could train that sauropod to paint, then we can paint a sauropod on the side of our house. Okay. It's got to be a real sauropod. (laughs) I don't want any weird loopholes. (laughs) I
0: was just going to dress up as a sauropod. It's
1: got to be a real sauropod. (laughs)
0: What if I change my name legally to Sauropod? No,
1: no, you gotta be, you gotta be the clade Sauropod.
0: So if I change my name to the clade Sauropod? No,
1: no, you've gotta, no, you know what I mean. I do. We're not making an agreement here anyway, it's just hypothetical. Okay. Nothing in writing.
0: (laughs) I got it recorded.
1: It's not the same. (laughs) (laughs) And on that weird note. That wraps up this episode of I Know Dino. Thanks for listening. And again, if you want to join our community, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash I Know Dino. Thanks again. And until next time.